8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. Okay, that was so interesting. We'll have a podcast up of uh, that discussion tomorrow morning, as always, around 9 a.m. So look out for that on our website, which is safm.co.za. I will also tweet it uh, on my timeline. Um, yeah, so check it out there as well. Right, now let's move on to other things. The one thing that's not going away is the concerns around what's actually going on in Zimbabwe. And therefore, we thought, let's take a closer look at some of the problems, financial problems, really, around Zimbabwe. So what about you? I mean, anybody can engage, okay? But particularly if you're a Zimbabwean living in South Africa, if you are a Zimbabwean living in Zimbabwe, if you have connections between the two, we want to know what's going on, what's your understanding of what's really going on in the country and, and what's your take in terms of what needs to happen uh, down the line in the future. So we'll have uh, two guests, maybe more. In fact, first up is uh, William Impofu, who's a political analyst. William, good chatting to you. Hi. William, hi. No, in fact, we, we don't have William. Sorry. Uh, we do have uh, Matlala Setalokhile. Of course, we chatted to him before. He's a political analyst and associate consultant at the uh, Tutwa Consulting Group. Matlala, good chatting to you. Hi. I'm very good indeed, right. So what's, what's I mean, there's a concern around Zimbabwe. What's the state of Zimbabwe's economy, according to you? Look, um, it's no secret that uh, Zimbabwe's economy is currently in the bottom. Um, it will take concerted effort and well-orchestrated uh, effort to take Zimbabwe out of the situation that it is now. But it will require multifaceted effort. Firstly, it will include the political perspective. Secondly, it will include the economic and financial perspective. I think on the 20th, so when Governor Magunja released his monetary policy statement, Mm -hmm. he went about things the right way. Firstly, formalizing the foreign exchange market uh, through the establishment of the interbank foreign exchange market. That was a good move in a sense that essentially they they they, they devaluated the currency, uh, making everything a little bit affordable for Zimbabweans. Secondly, by doing that, they're trying to put uh, boost exports. In boosting exports, you actually attract more foreign exchange, something that Zimbabwe has been short of for a while. Uh, I think one of the contributory factors to the shortages in foreign exchange for Zimbabwe has been the loss of confidence by investors. Therefore, FDI has not been coming forth. Secondly, the Zimbabwean people themselves have lost faith or confidence in the system that they did not now want to go through the formal banking sector. Therefore, those two contributory factors have have resulted in a shortage of, 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 of foreign exchange. On the other side, which is the political side, after the sanctions that were put in place by the EU and the United States, Zimbabwe was perceived to be more risky than it was initially. And currently still the same situation. Even though the 2018 July 10th election they were not free and fair. They tried in actually boosting confidence or the international community's confidence in Zimbabwe. 
But what has happened sub- subsequent to that, which was the August protests, the way the government dealt with them, and what we saw in January last month with the fuel hike announcement and the protests, how they were dealt with by the government. Those are some of the things that would say we were right. Zimbabwe is not ready to initiate and implement any sort of reform. Therefore, it's not a country to be trusted. Mnangagwa now realizes that President Emerson Mnangagwa, he realizes mm. that. That's why he has tried to initiate conversations with Chamisa, a member of uh, the opposition. But not only is President Mnangagwa suffering politically in terms of establishing that credibility, he's also fighting for his own survival within Zanu PF. Yeah. That is also keeping him busy and now making him lose focus of what he needs to do as the head of state. So those challenges, Mnangaga will have to navigate through them to ensure that politically first, deal with internal ZANU-PF battles, then establish a dialogue of thoughts with the opposition parties so that people have confidence in the political system. Secondly, as introduced by the monetary policy statement, this new reforms ensure that they are adhered to and are implemented in a way that will boost Zimbabwe's economic revival. Lots uh, indeed to talk about. I also want to encourage you to uh, to engage us on air by calling in 0891-104207. 0891-104207. What do you make of Zimbabwe's economy uh, now that we've had Menangago winning an election? But there's a sense that uh, it's a question of pressing reset on Zimbabwe's economy. I mean, that's really the essence of our discussion. So what sort of reset button should we press and what would happen next around it? Peter from KZN, go ahead. Hi. How are you, sir? Yeah, good. Go ahead, Peter. No, no. You know, the issue in Zimbabwe, I think, as Zimbabwe and living outside the country, we have lost hope, we have lost everything. We were looking forward. We think maybe that during the Mugabe's era, if the Mugabe era comes to an end, things are going to change in Zimbabwe, but uh, nothing has changed and we have got nothing to, to look forward to. So the issue is that the leadership in Zimbabwe is the problem and we need visionary leaders, we need people who can communicate very wisely to the world. So if you say something, you promise, a promise a creative, you have to fulfill it. If you say Zimbabwe is open for business and you do something against your word, how can you expect the world to hear or to trust you? So you you make it that's what's happened? Others may say it's not that simple to lead, you see. It's rather complicated. Yeah, the issue is that leadership is the problem. You can rig the election and you can't rig the the, 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 the economy. Okay, got that. Thanks you for see. that call, so, uh, Pete. Yeah? So that is, that is my, 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 my point. That is the problem is leadership in Zimbabwe. They are in conflict themselves now. They are in conflict. I've, I've been listening to, the, to your guests. And they are in conflict by themselves within ZANPF. So how are they going to solve the problems of Zimbabwe while they are busy fighting for, by themselves? How are they going to sell themselves to the world? 
how are they going to advertise themselves to make the people believing in, in, in them while they are busy fighting for positions, while they are busy fighting their uh, fictions in, in their leadership? Okay, let's uh, let's get so a response. We have lost everything, and here in South Africa we are suffering. As for me, I think if I can get some platform to talk to Mr. Ramaphosa, I've got a question to the president of South Africa. How can they say everything is under control in Zimbabwe? Why least we are not even living in our own motherland? We, we left our families, we came here, we thought maybe things are going to be okay here, and here everything is not okay. Now we are struggling, we are struggling, we cannot survive. Now everything is not okay, even in South Africa. Now you can see by yourself that everything is not going okay in South Africa. So how can they say Zimbabwe is going in the right direction to democracy? Why least we are here, we are suffering. If you are sick in Zimbabwe, you go to the hospital, you die. But themselves as leaders, if he or she is sick, he can't even go to Paririnyatwa or to Araro Hospital. He is supposed to go outside, come here to South Africa, going to India, as the, the, the vice president was in India last week. He came back now, he's okay. What about me as a citizen? Where am I supposed to get that, that man so that I can go to foreign countries? How can you say Zimbabwe is under control, everything is okay? Why is you as a leader, you cannot go to the hospital or a clinic in your own country, the one you are leading? Mm, okay. All right. Uh, so just before I want to get to Matlala to respond, but you clearly are someone that's connected to that country in a way that analysts can never be, right? Uh, what, what, what do you think is going to happen you know, in, in the future? Where, where is it going to end up for, for your country? You know, in Zimbabwe, just for now, we are looking forward from Jehovah only. I think he is the only one who can solve the Zimbabwean problem. And we are praying every day for our country. Please, Jehovah, remember Zimbabwe. Give us a leader. We need a leader who is who has what people in his heart or on, in their heart. Okay. So that he can do everything they, 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 they do. They do it not for them, okay. but for, for, for the benefit of right. citizens. So we are looking forward to what there is going to be a change in Zimbabwe. Okay. The change we are looking right. forward is leadership. Okay, Peter, I got that. You, you made your point. I really wish Zimbabwe gets things right. Uh, there are more calls. Crispin, hi. Hello, how are you? I'm good indeed. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Well, uh, the situation in Zimbabwe is a difficult situation. Uh, most people were hoping that things would change when Nagawa came in. But I personally knew nothing would come. Because Nagawa has been there ever since 1980 when Mugabe came to power. And he was Mugabe's right hand man. There is nothing new and no single idea that he could bring, that he failed to bring in the Mugabe's era. Uh, Mnangako just wanted to be there at the top. That's where the problem is. We need a new leadership in that country. These guys are just looting. Can you imagine? There was, there's no medication in the hospitals. Yet these guys, they, the member of parliament, they, buy, they are buying each other new cars, buying new trucks for the new, new, new vehicles for the kids. Yet the hospitals have no medication. These people are very selfish and cruel. They don't care even if 
uh, all the people in Zimbabwe die. Because if you protest, they will shoot with live bullets. Just to silence the people. They don't want people to complain. Okay. So we are praying. We are praying to God if He could eliminate this current leadership and give us someone who is pro people. Thank you, Okay, got that. The huge concerns. In fact, let me get another call, then I'll get Matlala to respond to that. Uh, events, go ahead. Hello. Hello, Ashraf. How are you? Yeah, very good indeed. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to give a, a, an example of, of, of uh, my president, Nangabwa. Eh? Mm-hmm. Just like we have got a father with Nangabwa and his children. The children are crying that they are hungry and he's beating them, eh? Yeah. You are a father, you're there to provide. And the kids are crying, you're beating them, you don't have solutions. So we've got a president that has got a big muscle, but less brain, you see. He's got no solutions for that country. Okay, so what do you think should be happening then? What, what I think should be happening, uh, right now, it's very hard to, 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 to come up with plans, especially with a, a powerful man like him. Because everything that you bring up, the people that are supposed to be, to be helping, they are doing nothing. We have got a president in South Africa who is the leader of the fact that he is doing nothing. People are getting killed, just pretending as if everything is off. So for now, the, the, the previous callers are right. Maybe one day God will answer the people's prayers because the problem is out there. Okay. All right. Got that. Uh, another. There's really anybody very positive about Zimbabwe? I don't know. Uh, Matlala Setlalochile is with me, who is a political analyst, associate consultant at the Tutwa Consulting Group. Respond to to those very very concerned callers. Ashraf, uh, one thing I picked up uh, a prevailing issue or concern rather amongst the callers is the credibility deficit of the current administration. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Peter, the second caller, who mentioned that Munangaga has been part of the establishment, has been there with mm, Mugabe. Mm, mm. Yes, the reality is that Munangaga, I believe where I stand, he just wanted the top seat. But in his ascending, he did not realize that he's actually inheriting a poison chalice. Because Zimbabwe was in a dire state. And Zimbabweans somehow expected a quick fix. I do not blame them because they have been under severe and preferable conditions for such a long time. It got to a point where anything besides Robert Mugabe will do. They were looking for a messiah of sorts, given the fact that they have been in those circumstances for a very long time. I mean, let's contextualize it. Monangago has been in office for about 15 months because he came in November 2017. He completed a year last year, last year, November, even though there were elections somewhere in between. And this is December, January, Feb, so it's been about 15 months. To completely turn around the situation in those 15 months, it's almost next to impossible. Absolutely. I mean, South Africa, as an example, is also battling with issues over 25 years, isn't it? It's not the same exactly. thing, but it gives you a sense of the pronounced problems that take place. Precisely, Ashraf. Now, the fact that Manangago has been part of the establishment and those who are part of his leadership team or cabinet, some of them are actually still under the EU and US sanction list. 
I mean, the international community is looking at Zimbabwe and say, there's nothing new about the Mnangagwa administration. The only thing that essentially changed is that Robert Mugabe was retired, someone came in. But the political system, the structures, and the leadership remains essentially the same. That credibility is still there. What Mnangagwa needs to do is implement reforms, political reforms for that matter, as much as he's trying with the fiscal and economical reform. He needs to he needs to implement political reforms to liberalize Zimbabwe and implement democratic reforms to show that we are, we are, we are serious about changes in Zimbabwe. We're looking to do things different. But currently now, because this government is intertwined mostly with people who served in the military, it still does not have that element of a pure democracy in terms of how it's, how it's governed. He's going to face a challenge. No matter how many economic and monetary reforms they implement, the government of Zimbabwe is going to face a credibility deficit until they introduce democratic reforms and reform yeah, from the yeah. political side of things. I mean, you can have the best laws in the world, the best policies, but at the end of the day, perception matters. Those Absolutely. policies, are yeah. they going to be implemented? Is this current bunch capable of implementing these policies the way that they're meant to be implemented? Are those policies a small screen, or are they being genuine by implementing certain economic and fiscal measures? Those are the questions that will remain. And unless Mangawa initiates a reform, the situation in Zimbabwe will remain relatively the same. So let's just confirm the, that announcement by the Zimbabwean Reserve Bank governor about uh, you know, monetary policy changes. You, you're suggesting in isolation it has what? No impact? Look, it will only have a proper impact if the people have confidence in the system. As I said, 15 months is a short time for people to give up on Manangawa. As much as he has not done the miracle that they expected, we'll be very honest. Manangawa at least attempted to introduce some reforms. I mean, there's been a wide range of legislative reforms since he took over, even before the last year's election. Uh, after the elections, he announced a new cabinet. I mean, he went for the likes of uh, Professor Mude as the finance minister. That in itself was an indication that he is serious about getting things right. However, the challenge is you take the likes of uh, Professor Mude, you put him in the midst of the people that have been part of the establishment. No matter how brilliant the guy might be, does the system allow him to express himself freely? And will the will Pat Monangagwa in his company allow him to steer Zimbabwe in the direction that it needs to be steered in? Those are some of the things. But he has tried to bring a team of credible people across. But it remains to be seen whether the likes of Nure will have freedom to move and will be given space to implement the right ideas that Zimbabwe needs going forward. Mm. Okay, we, uh, we, we're going to get another guest joining us. So maybe is there, is there a f- final thought you may want to uh, tell us? Because, I mean, the point is, if Menangagwa doesn't have the confidence of the people now, would I be right in saying that the worst thing possible is actually to change him as well? Because that creates even more instability. Menangagwa just needs to do one thing for Zimbabwe. If he cares about Zimbabwe, as all politica- politicians claim that they do, introduce the reforms and implement them in Zimbabwe. One person, I think, was it Peter or Felix? I'm not sure which one of the two. Mentioned something about Chiwenga. 
that Chiwenga fell ill a few weeks back. He could not even be treated in his own home country. I mean, Zamokiev has been in power for the past, I think this is the 39th year now. But you want to tell me that 39 years into power, you have not built a healthcare facility good enough to treat the vice president of the country. What does that say about the kind of leadership you provide as a party? Those are some of the questions that the ZANU-PF leadership needs to ask themselves. And that, that phenomenon is not only limited to Zimbabwe, I might add. I mean, we see it quite often with, with Buhari from Nigeria. Nigeria. Every mm-hmm. time he gets sick, he goes to London. But what does that say about the caliber of leadership we have in Africa? In this case, Zimbabwe. How do you, how do you become a governing party for 39 years, but you do not have confidence in the healthcare system that you, you want people to utilize? You take a vice president outside of the country to go treated while he's been in government for 39 years. Those are the kind of questions that the leadership of Zimbabwe needs to ask itself. If the system or the facilities are not good enough for us as leaders, why should they be good enough for an ordinary Zimbabwe? What needs to be changed? There needs to be an introspection of sorts amongst the leadership of the PF, and ultimately they need to implement political reform. Okay. That's the only way that people can have confidence in the political leadership of the bubble. Okay, thank you so much for your time. That's uh, Matlala Setla Lohile, who is a political analyst, associate consultant at the Tutwa Consulting Group. Let's move on. Lots of different thoughts uh, around uh, Zimbabwe now and the future of Zimbabwe, certainly around monetary issues and, in fact, for people, what they would think about as failed promises. But honestly, how much that has been promised can actually carry through. Dr. William uh, Imporf, who is also with us as a political analyst, good chatting to you once again. Hello. Hello. Thank you for your time. Yes, man. Thank you. All right. What, what do you? What's your understanding about the concerns around Zimbabwe's uh, economy? What how, you know? Give us an insight into your understanding. Um, I will want to deposit this um, uh, in the conversation that um, there's one thing that um, uh, Africa, Zimbabwe, and the world must understand that. Um, some of these people that fought colonialism, that went into the bush to fight colonialism, led by Mugabe, Joshua Nkomo, and others, did not manage at the end of the day to overcome the same colonialism that they fought up until they became some kinds of colonizers themselves. Because the class of people that we are talking about that are in charge of Zimbabwe right now are people that are personally richer than the country. And the cries, the problems uh, that the ordinary people of Zimbabwe have, they do not have those problems. They have got mansions in other capitals of the world. They own properties in other capitals of the world. So they live on Zimbabwe, but they don't live in Zimbabwe. That's why they get treated elsewhere, and they shoot the same people of Zimbabwe when they protest against poverty and the increasing prices and uh, the increasing political crisis that is, is ensuing in the country. So the Zimbabwean problem is a colonial problem where you've got black colonizers ruling over black people of Zimbabwe, which means that the liberation strategy was not a success. And um, the so-called people that came to have liberated the country actually recolonized it under black skins, under a new flag, and under a new anthem. So the people of Zimbabwe must fight a new liberation strategy 
against these new colonizers that are in place. So, what then are the implications of, of these new colonizers, what appears to be a failed economy, disgruntlement from uh, from citizens of the country who may well have supported Manangagwa like a few months ago? What, what, what do you, you know, what do you tell them? How do you deliver hope to them very, very quickly? The hope for Zimbabwe, uh, the optimism of the future, relies solely in the ordinary masses of the people of Zimbabwe. Not the political elite, not the economic elite. By the economic elite, I mean a few weeks ago, when the army cracked down on the people, when the state attacked the people, it's business people, it's cell phone network runners that switched off the internet, that closed off the modes of communication in conspiracy with the ruling military junta. So the economic elite and the political elite of Zimbabwe are in alliance against the masses of the people of Zimbabwe. As you witnessed, SADC uh, the African Union supported the ruling junta in Zimbabwe against the people of Zimbabwe. So, if there's any iota and any granule or any minute uh, semblance of hope in Zimbabwe, it's on the shoulders of the mass, the population, the poor, the majority of the people of Zimbabwe. Like I said before, I insist, what is before the people of Zimbabwe? is a new liberation strategy against new colonizers. As I speak, let me deposit this. Zimbabwe has become a stadium where the West and the East are fighting. The Chinese versus Britain, the Chinese versus America, the Chinese versus all other European countries that have interest in Zimbabwe are jostling for who is going to control the government of Zimbabwe. And that strategy is not being spoken about. And that neo-colonialism is not being spoken about. But Zimbabwe is a stadium for a new Cold War where the black colonizers in alliance with the old East and European and Western European imperialists are in alliance versus the mass of the people of Zimbabwe. And these problems intensified in Zimbabwe when diamond was discovered, when gas was discovered, when uh, platinum was discovered. And when the land issue became a problem in Zimbabwe. So what is in front of the people of Zimbabwe is a new anti-colonial liberation strategy. Against black colonizers, white imperialists, and other foreign powers that are at play in the country. Mm. Okay, there's a, there's a voice note. Let's pick up on that. Uh, hello, uh, you are having a, a good topic. I'm a Zimbabwean also living in South Africa. Is it possible that you may ask maybe uh, one of your guests there, uh, 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 the cabinet minister, the ministers that are in Zimbabwe now, how many of them are soldiers or ex-soldiers? Now, who will trust? Do you think we will have investors coming to invest in Zimbabwe when, when Zimbabwe is under military rule? Okay, respond to that, uh, William. Yeah, what is happening, uh, this uh, compatriot of mine is asking a very serious question. The present government does not care about formal investors. Why? 
because the present government participates, the individuals that are ruling Zimbabwe right now, from the president going to the vice president down to military personnel, are black marketeers. There are people that have been selling diamonds in the black market. There are people that have been sending the Zimbabwean military to the Congo to protect mines that belong to private individuals in Zimbabwe. So they are not looking for formal investors that you are thinking about. They are not looking for capital that comes from outside that you are looking for because they make their billions out of the black market. And when the crisis like this, when the economy is collapsed, that's when the black market is more profitable. That's when diamonds are being siphoned out of the country. That's when business tycoons, black marketeers from other parts of the world, come into the country to buy black market diamonds, black diamonds, and other resources. So for these people that are ruling us right now, the economy is thriving. Money is getting into their bank accounts. What is happening to the masses of the people of Zimbabwe? They absolutely do not care. Okay, let's. Uh, we we've got about a minute or so to to go. So, w- what about the role of South Africa in all of this? It's been it's been asked again today. Like, where does South Africa fit in? Uh, what needs to collapse here is a uh, archaic, primitive, liberation war solidarity. Because South Africa is very polite with Zimbabwe, because there were comrades there, there were co- uh, colleagues there in the struggle, but. African governments need to give each other tough love. Cyril Ramaphosa is leading a country that has got working parliament, working courts, working institutions. He cannot do what he wants personally in this country. So he should look Mnangakwa in the eye and say, my brother, modernize. My brother, democratize. My brother, develop. Don't torture people. Don't get the army to shoot people. In South Africa here, the majority of citizens here do not even know the general, the commander of the army. They, they don't Absolutely. even know soldiers by name. Yeah. But in Zimbabwe, soldiers are holding press conferences, are demanding <laughs> changes, are pronouncing statements in public. South Africa is a democratic country from which Zimbabwe can learn. Okay. So On that... should say, can you do what I'm doing, my brother? Okay. But of course, not everybody agrees with him either. But thanks for that call. Or rather, that uh, chat, Dr. William uh, Impofu, talking about issues in Zimbabwe and huge concerns about what's happening with our neighbors. Let's talk innovation in a moment.